You're listening to the Truth and Boots podcast. Join me as we search the Bible for truth about our God, for hope to encourage us through hard trials and struggles, and for answers for anyone who questions our faith. The truth of God's word is not fragile, impractical, and only used on special occasions like a pair of stiletto heels. God's word, like a pair of sturdy boots, is meant to be put to work daily and is designed to protect us and help us through the mud, streams, and rocks of life. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today we are discussing the question, did men pick which books are going to be in the Bible? That's a common hang-up amongst non-believers, preventing them from believing the scriptures. They think that men, first of all, wrote the Bible, and if that's a concern for you, if you're listening, go back to one of the previous episodes in this series discussing where the Bible came from, that it came from God. Um... And then they say men picked which books are going to be in the Bible. So they left some stuff out and decided, okay, let's put these together. Well, I'd like to give you a history of how we got the 66 books in our Bible that we hold in our hands today. And some of the logic that the Christian fathers used to come to that conclusion, as well as some things that you can have in your back pocket if someone ever makes this accusation to you. So let's start out with the history. The Old Testament scriptures, the set of um, 37 books, was well established by the time of Christ. Um, The Jews had the accepted set of scriptures of the Law of Moses, the Prophets, the um, Poetry, and even Christ acknowledged them in Luke 24, 44. He said, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So Christ acknowledged that the writings that the Jews had um, were the official writings of God. They were the message of God. They were a source of authority. Um, And the Hebrew Bible, if you go to a... Hebrew bookstore or whatever, and you get a copy of their Bible, it still contains the same set of 39 books, but they kind of um, combine a few of them. So like first and second Samuel, they don't split up and they combine some of the minor prophets. So it's not 30, um, the same set of books. It's not the 39. It's, um, I think think I said 37 earlier. It's 39 books in the Old Testament. Um, So they combine them and shorten them to, um, I think, 24, if I remember right. So the Old Testament was not put together by men. Um, It was given and approved by God, and Christ approved the contents of it. So the New Testament, all of the books in the New Testament were written in the first century AD within 60 years of Christ's death. And as time went on, there were a bunch of heretical writings out there, particularly from a group of people called the Gnostics. They had um, varying beliefs, and some of them include denial of the deity of Christ, um, denial of the physical versus the spiritual and importance, uh, different levels of um, false teaching. 
And the church fathers were very concerned about all of these writings being circulated as scriptures of God. Um, so they established a set of criteria to identify what was actually from God and what was not. So their main goal, just like the Old Testament was written by prophets, Moses was a prophet, he wrote the Pentateuch, and then, um, of course, you have the official prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and some of the minor prophets, but David was also prophet um, when the Holy Spirit moved him to write, he was prophesying. So the Psalms are also prophet prophetic. So all these um, Old Testament scriptures were written by the prophets in the New Testament, the books that the early church fathers were trying to identify needed to also be written by God's speakers, and that was the apostles. So they established a set of criteria. First, the writing had to be apostolic in origin. The book had to agree with content with what was taught by Christ and the apostles and the other Old Testament scriptures. And the book had to be widely accepted by the early church as an apostolic book from God. So apostolic in origin, the author either had to be one of the apostles who was appointed by God as a teacher and speaker, um, or the writer had to be closely connected to one of the apostles. For example, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts and the Gospel of Luke. Luke traveled closely with Paul for years, and he wrote based on eyewitness accounts of all the events, and he was probably also advised on Paul on some of the de details. So had to be apostolic in origin in its writing. Um, the book also must agree in content to what was already previously taught. Uh, Christ taught one thing, but this writing is saying something else. Well, then obviously this writing is wrong. It's not from God because Christ said something different. Um, or if it disagreed with the Old Testament, then that's obviously not true because the Old Testament is from God. And if it disagreed with what the apostles had written in other letters or verbally taught churches, and they knew it was false because the apostles speaking from God would not be giving contradictory instructions. And then third, um, the book had to be widely accepted by the early church as an apostolic book from God. The letters of the apostle, particularly of Paul, were frequently meant to be circulated amongst several churches. So when Paul wrote Ephesians, that was to be circulated amongst all the churches in the area around Ephesus. Um, and then many of these letters were copied and passed around to different churches anyways. Like the Corinthian letter probably was copied and sent over to Ephesus. And then Ephesus sent a copy of their letter to Antioch, etc., etc. So... A lot of these writings were widely circulated early on because people wanted to have um, instructions from the apostles that they could read on their regular meetings. So if a writing was not well known by a large group of churches for several decades, century, etc., then it was probably a recent writing and therefore it was written by an apostle, an imposter, and it was not a revelation of God through the apostles, because the apostles died in the first century. 
Um, so the early church fathers established these criteria and they came up with varying lists of books um, in the second and third and fourth centuries. But it wasn't until the Council of Carthage met in AD 397 that an official long list of um, 27 books that were generally accepted by the church as meeting all these criteria were um, written down. And these are the same 27 books that we have in our New Testament today. So, did men pick and choose which writings to include in our Bible? No. They tried to determine which writings actually came from God. So their whole intent was, okay, let's identify what actually is God's truth and not, oh, let's put this book together here because I like that and this book over here, I like what that teaches. No, they were actually truly trying to identify what were the messages of God. Um, so let's address three, three tools three questions that you can um, discuss with other people if ever questioned. So what about the Apocrypha? These are writings that the Roman Catholic Church likes to attach to the Old Testament, but they do not themselves claim the same authority as the other Old Testament scriptures. They don't claim equal authority. They don't claim that thus saith the Lord. So why would we elevate them to the status of scripture if they don't claim that themselves? Additionally, the Jews at the time of Christ did not and still don't recognize them as scripture. So Christ's comments regarding um, the writings of Moses and Psalms and prophets, they didn't, that comment did not include the Apocrypha. And that is why um, those of us as Protestants do not recognize the Apocrypha as scripture. There might be some interesting things in the Apocrypha. I personally have not read it myself, but it is not God's word and should not be elevated to the same authority. Um, the dating of the New Testament books versus all these other New Testament writings, not New Testament, the AD writings, um, claiming to be additional gospels or additional writings of Christ and the apostles. As mentioned previously, all 27 books of our New Testament were originally written in the first century while the apostles were still alive. We have manuscript evidence to support this. And John was the last apostle to die probably somewhere around 95 to 100 AD. So if anything was written after that, it was not apostolic in origin. And um, these other writings we can identify as coming from AD 100 and beyond. So that obviously indicates that they are imposters and not from God. And then the third thing I wanted to leave you with, um, a lot of these A lot of these Gnostic Gospels, and I use quotes around Gospels, they claim to have additional mysteries or secret sayings of Christ or the Apostles. So if Christ came to seek and to save all of mankind, 
and his message is salvation for all through faith. And he told his apostles, his disciples, to go out and take this message everywhere. Why would he keep a small amount of secret sayings to himself as necessary information for people? Christ came to save and to spread that knowledge of salvation freely to anyone who would want it. He would not keep some things secret. He, God, wants this message freely available to everyone. Additionally, the early church fathers wrote denouncing these false writings. Um, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Irenaeus um, extensively wrote denouncing these false gospels. And he referenced some of the church leaders who were directly discipled by apostles, notably one um, Polycarp, who was a disciple of John. And everyone knew that Polycarp was a disciple of John, but Polycarp did not tell them anything different, did not tell them that there was a secret saying, that there were secret messages that there was additional information that they were supposed to be getting other than what was already provided by the apostles. So Irenaeus said, okay, if these direct disciples did not have this information, then why are you looking for something new? It's false. Now, the reason all of these um, gospels were popping up all over the place is because there was no um freedom of knowledge like we have today we don't have the internet they didn't have the internet back then so if the church in alexandria suddenly gets presented a copy of scripture uh, a copy of a text calling itself scripture um by the gospel of peter say let's say they did not have the resources we do today to fact check. And that is why the church fathers said, okay, there's so much of this stuff going around, we've got to make a list. And this was a council of men from several different regions, and they took their list back to the regions so that the churches everywhere, everywhere knew what was directly known to be from the apostles, and thus a reliable source of truth. Now, that was a whirlwind tour of how we got our canon or the Bible we hold in our hands. If you're interested in more information, then I urge you to go to truthandboots.com and click on the show notes for this episode. And there's more out there that you can research and look at. But our Bible is not for man. Man didn't choose what was in it. We just tried to identify to the best of our ability which writings actually were from God.